So I was entering into my ninth grade year, a true high school student. I was terrified at being in the big giant school, but I knew I'd be okay because my sister was a senior, so she could watch out for me. And besides, I had just experienced the best summer of my entire life. I felt like nothing could stop me. I had not only gone to teen camp as I did every year, but I had gone and traveled to Houston, Texas as a part of NYC 2003, this giant Nazarene conference for all Nazarenes in the United States and Canada. I was on fire for God. The trip had changed my life. I had made the next step in my spiritual walk with the Lord and had gone all in. Everything that I desired was meaningless compared to God. I wanted to be his servant and his servant alone. To share the good news of the gospel with anyone and everyone that I came into contact with. My family, my friends, acquaintances, everyone. Attending a youth group weekly wasn't enough for me. I had to invite everyone I knew to be a part of it too, to join in. Every Wednesday at the close of school, my mother would roll her eyes, and I know if she's listening right now, she's also rolling her eyes, as she would pull up the minivan and see me with five of my closest friends standing, ready to hop into the van and to go to youth group that night. They didn't completely know what they were getting into, but I assured them it would be fun and that I would be with them. They just had to come and see. To come and see what it was all about. It was important for me to share what I cared so deeply about with those around me. I hoped that one day they too would be able to make the same decisions that I had, to follow Christ with their whole heart soul, and life. Have you ever had that burning need to share with someone else, to share what Christ has done in your life, to share what is bringing you so much joy and peace? It's like all you can think about, how can I share? How can I invite? How can I make a difference? How can I talk about this thing? not pushing anyone away, but I so desperately want them to know the joy that I have. How about being on the other side? The other side of the relationship. Do you remember that first time when you first got to meet, to know, to see Christ for the first time? Like to really know him. How did you feel? What did you think? How were you changed? Were you opened to this world of joy and hope? For me, that life-changing summer opened my eyes to this deeper knowledge of love of Christ. I saw Christ in a new way and was enlightened to see a whole new world too. One of the central themes of the season of epiphany, I know that's a big word, 
but it's a season within our Christian calendar. We talk about Lent, we talk about Advent, we talk about Christmas, Easter, Epiphany is the season within the Christian calendar of which we've just begun celebrating Jesus Christ, right? We just came off of the season of Advent, this longing and anticipation of the coming King. And then we celebrated Christmas, the coming to earth of this baby for a season of 12 days. And now we've entered into what is called Epiphany, where we reflect we remember, we celebrate the revealing of Christ's heavenly nature among humanity. In this season, the church bears witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is truly the light of the world, which shines in the darkness and where the darkness cannot overcome it. It's this season that acknowledges and tr the truly knowing the truly seeing, the understanding of who Jesus is. Not just a man, not just a baby that came, but the Messiah, the one who has been prophesied, the one who will atone for sins. We're gonna look at a passage today from the Gospel account of John. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter one, Verses 29 to 42, if you would like to open your scriptures, you can be finding your way to John chapter one. And this speaks of this invitation to come and to see, an invitation to experience, an invitation to know and to understand. It's an invitation from John the Baptist to the early disciples to come and to see, to truly know and understand and believe who Christ Jesus is and then to come and see what he can do for you personally if you were to follow him. I would love if you are able to stand with me for the reading of John chapter one and it is the gospel account to show reverence for our gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter one, beginning in verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one that I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. 
Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. We'll pause there. You may be seated. So we have John the Baptist here speaking of Jesus, speaking of the baptism of Jesus that's just taken place. He's announcing who Jesus is. Throughout these early verses of the passage, John the Baptist, he plays this important role. He provides testimony, witness, sharing of who Jesus is and points the way so that others who come they can know and recognize Jesus Christ too. We see in verse 32, John gave this testimony. And again, in verse 34, he says, I testify that. So he is announcing, he is proclaiming, he is giving witness to, he is sharing knowledge of. His role is to share the good news. His role is to be this witness, to speak and tell others about Jesus, the Messiah, who is being revealed. Specifically, John the Baptist uses the language to speak of Jesus. He identifies him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow, man, if that isn't a great name, I would love that. (laughs) The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now we know that there are so many names that have been used in speaking of Jesus. Messiah, Christ, Son of God, Savior, Redeemer, Prince of Peace, Bread of Life, and I'm sure you can think of others. But here, John the Baptist calls him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, a couple of things that are interesting regarding how John the the Baptist identifies Jesus. First, it's interesting that he uses this language of lamb. Often, the image communicates in, in Jewish culture of an animal that is weak, vulnerable, ready for sacrifice and slaughter. This would typically be used for many Jews and they would understand that lamb as just a sacrifice, a sacrifice unto God. But here, John also uses lamb as a symbol of power and a symbol of might. Because as some Old Testament prophetic references, they also speak of the lamb. Here, Jesus is referred to as the lamb who reigns in heaven, who brings about judgment on the wicked and who will secure salvation for the righteous. It's not just another sacrifice atoning for sin. It's not just another day of cleansing for what we have done. It is the ultimate sacrifice. The one that secures salvation for all. Note also that John's testifying of Jesus, that he says, the one who takes away the sin of the world, that's singular, one sin, One overarching sin, not plural as in the many of which I or you have taken and and done in our lives. It emphasizes the world's collective brokenness, the world's sin. 
not the individual personal human sins. John the Baptist reveals what this Jesus will do. He will take away the sin of the world through his death and resurrection on the cross. Now the death and the resurrection is not specifically mentioned here, but rather it is alluded to in the identification of Jesus as the lamb because anyone would have recognized the lamb as a sacrifice. John the Baptist, he is a witness. This is his role. He proclaims the good news. He proclaims an epiphany, if you will, a revealing, a shedding of light upon what is to come. For John the Baptist, his entire ministry of baptism served as the revelation of Jesus to Israel. He served as a witness for someone who is greater than he. In this gospel account, as each new disciple comes to Jesus, the decision to follow Jesus is made in response to a statement about Jesus's identity. John the Baptist paves the way for who this Jesus is, and then you may decide to follow. But what's not answered by John the Baptist here is what knowing and believing in this Lamb of God will do for us, how it will change our lives personally if we choose to daily follow. We just know that Jesus, what he does for the global sin of the world, we just simply know this definition of our title that's been given to him. There's no answer for what a personal daily relationship of being a disciple will look like. What will Christ do for me, or for anyone else for that matter? For this, we must look, I would suppose, at Jesus' conversation for hopefully a few clues. So we'll turn to the second part of the passage, being in, in th verse 35. We turn to the second part of the text the next day when Jesus is passing by again. John the Baptist once again testifies, proclaims, speaks loudly, announces who is passing by. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But what comes as a response to this is a little unexpected. In verse 38, when Jesus realizes that the two men were following him, he turns and he looks at them and he says, what do you want? What are you looking for? At first, I wanna say, how rude. Rude on behalf of the men to just be following Jesus. I imagine almost like a lost puppy, just following him, not saying anything, all of a sudden you see somebody behind you. So of course I would respond, what do you want? So I imagine that the disciples would have been a little bit rude. But I also feel like Jesus is a little rude in turning and saying, what do you want? But looking a little deeper at the meaning behind the question, what is Jesus asking? It gives us a little better insight here. The question that Jesus asks is serves two purposes. One, it's an invitation, an invitation for them to follow him. But it's also an examination of the disciples. It's not what do you want, but rather, if you wish to follow, if you wish to follow, do you know what you're getting into? Without saying that, that's the illusion. 
What are you looking to receive through this choice to follow? What are you expecting from this relationship? What is your mission or purpose in this following thing? Because we know that this relationship with Jesus Christ is not just some get out of jail free card, some way to have some easy life. Instead, it's this life of sacrifice, a life of surrender, a life that means giving up all that we held dear for the sake of knowing him and loving him most. It's a life full of sweet peace amidst the difficulties of life. But all of this is to come with our deeper knowledge of Christ, right? The two men, they haven't experienced any of that yet, and they're being asked from the start what their intentions are. So Jesus' response to them here is an invitation to come and to see through eyes of faith. Not telling them everything, but desiring for them to seek and to find and to be enlightened themselves of this truth. And honestly, this question that's posed could be for us as well today. It should be for us as well today. What are you looking for? The author writes the narrative in such a way that we too, as readers, we take this moment to sit back, to think, to ponder, to discover the truth about Jesus for ourselves. This invitation to come and to see is an offer to us as well to see Jesus with this eye of faith, these eyes of faith. To begin, the, to begin to experience the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world to fully be enlightened to what it means to know the Messiah. Today, as we read this passage, as we unpack it together and spend some time reflecting upon it, there may be two ways that you could find yourself responding to this come and see invitation. I imagine there may be more, but I've, I've found two at least for some. This come and see invitation from Jesus is meant specifically for you. You feel it burning in your heart. Just as Jesus offered to the two men to come and see, you today, you may be sensing the offer for yourself to come and see too. The invitation to come and see this lamb of God is for you. Maybe you're not quite sure what it means for Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one to bear the ultimate sacrifice, offering salvation to all. You haven't really experienced that for yourself before and wonder what that could mean. The offer then is for you today, to come, to see, to spend some time to open your heart and to pray and talk to God to reveal to you who this Jesus is. Show me. And to let afterwards a conversation happen with other believers, talk to one of our pastors, call us this week, have a conversation, set up a meeting 
to continue on with this conversation of what does it mean to come and see? What does it mean to have this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? What does it mean to have my life changed? That may be for you today. The other possible response that could be taking place in your mind revolving around this invitation to come and to see is that maybe, maybe you need to offer this witness to someone else. You could be setting yourself up for the role that is similar to John the Baptist, testifying to and sharing of the Lamb of God. Like that burning need that I felt in high school for the first time to tell anybody and everybody to load up the van because everybody had to be there. Everybody had to see. You know, I smile a little bit when I think about the ministry of John the Baptist. Because when it comes to discipleship, we have a little bit more in common with him than I think I'd like to imagine. You know, we say we want to be like Jesus and we want to follow Jesus but in some convoluted way, I kinda wanna say, what would John the Baptist do? WWJBD. <laughs> of course, Jesus had disciples, but Jesus pointed his disciples to himself. John the Baptist, on the other hand, doesn't. He points them to the one who is greater than he. And aren't we called to point others to Jesus, the one who is greater than us. So we, like him, we are not called to ultimately point people to us, be like me, but rather point others to Jesus. John the Baptist called attention to Jesus Christ by saying, hey, look, see, God is alive. God is in our midst. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, through us, and for us, even in spite of us. Behold the Lamb of God. So maybe today, that's what our role needs to be. Maybe today, that's what you're sensing. This call to testify, this call to proclaim, to tell others the good news of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How might you be doing that in your daily life today? Through in-person conversations, through text messages, through picking up the phone and calling somebody, through putting somebody in your van and taking them somewhere? Don't do that. <laughs> the season of epiphany is meant to be one of revelation, of new understanding, enlightening, of showing of the true nature, the heavenly nature of Christ. As a church, we should be asking ourselves a few questions. As believers in Christ, we should be asking ourselves, how is Jesus revealing and showing himself to the world? But more importantly, how are we as believers revealing Jesus to the world? How are we participating in this witness 
this sharing, this enlightening of Jesus to the world. Are we revealing Jesus to the world? Are we talking about Jesus in ways that when we talk about Jesus to those that don't know yet, they want to follow him without hesitation? They want to come and see for themselves? Are you content with knowing Christ yourself, just you and those that are around you? Or are you burning with the need to share and to testify what Christ has done and will continue to do for the world? Will you be like John the Baptist, proclaiming that Jesus is here to those that you interact with? And he's offering to all, come and see. For you and for others today, the words of Jesus ring true. Come and see. Come, follow, see what the Lamb of God can do. We're gonna close with singing a portion of one of the songs that we sang earlier, I Will Follow. It's a reminder of who Christ is and this proclamation of what we as disciples are proclaiming to do, to follow, to serve, to love like he does. And I invite you today to sing with me if this is your testimony, if this is your truth, that I will follow. You are the light of the world You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And for that reason, I will follow, I will serve, and I will love. Come and see. Sing with me. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you Who you love, I'll love How you serve, I'll serve If this life I lose I will follow you Yeah I will follow you Yeah Light into the world Light into my life I will live for you alone You're the one I see Knowing I will find All I need in you alone In you alone Where you go, I'll go Where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I'll move I will follow you I'll love how you serve, I'll serve In this life I lose, I will follow you invitation 
is to come and to see, is to participate in, participate in the revealing of who Jesus Christ is. To participate in the revealing of who Jesus Christ is both for your life as well as for the life of others. To come, to see, to follow, to believe in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You stand with me for our benediction and blessing this morning. Now may the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world continue to reveal to you who he is, drawing you in closer to faith and understanding and to love. And may he then, through faith, send you out to proclaim the world, to the world of this great love to others. This great love to others to also come and see what he has done for the sake of the world. Amen. Amen. May you go in peace today.